the process of going through these jingles. Just so whenever I get a call, I always say yes. Like 99.9% of the time I say yes. After like five or six, I used to take them to the sessions with me. So yeah, jingles became a part of my life and... Hey, this is Chaz and welcome to my world from my living room. Today I wanna talk about my jingle journey. I wanna share some inside secrets of how I got into this tricky business and the challenges that I face today as a vocal artist. I want to share a story about my first national commercial and how it impacted the rest of my career. I want to talk about some of my most memorable commercials that you may have even heard. So, sit back, relax, and welcome to my world from my living room. Hey, this is Chaz. Uh, and today I want to talk about my jingle journey. That's right. So if you've been following me on social media for a while, you may have noticed some clips here and there of some BTS of me singing on a microphone in the studio. Obviously due to NDA restrictions and things of that nature, I'm not able to fully disclose any of that stuff, but just a little taste um, is definitely something that I don't mind posting and you know, having put that out there. But essentially, um, going back to when I initially moved here back in, 2007. Um, one of my dreams and ambitions was to be a top tier session vocalist in this space. I've always heard that, you know, these jingles, they keep getting residuals and it's a great career to get into because you don't work much, but you still make a great living. And living in New York, you know that it's definitely one of those things you need to find something that you really hustle at and actually makes you money. Given my time down in Nashville as a singer-songwriter, I've backed up uh, various artists, Grammy Award winning uh, and everything. I knew that when I moved to New York, I wanted to find that one thing that allowed me to flourish and get my name out there. Hence, you know, doing the jingles. Now that was a journey within itself because as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, uh, that journey and actually getting my first call was really, really um, crucial because, you know, as you know, making my way through New York and all the different ebbs and flows of how this city can move you one way or the other, I definitely was steadfast in making sure that I was doing jingles. Now, I've heard of different careers starting in various ways, like, you know, I think Jamie Foxx kind of started that way where, you know, I think he was a jingle singer or something like that. And, you know, so whenever I told people that I was looking to go into that arena, they were like, oh yeah, yeah, like Jamie Foxx, yeah, like his career. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, jingles became a part of my life. And, uh, if I could tell a quick story, one of my first opportunities, um, that I felt that made my mark that really was important to me. I allude to it earlier, but I want to add a little bit more weight to this because it was a pivotal moment for me as a singer and seeing if I got the goods, so to speak, to get this first one under my belt. I found it to be confidence building. It gave me dreams, hopes, and ambitions that I can do this and that this would be an avenue in my creative journey that would allow for me to do this for a living. The process of going through these jingles, just to give you an insight and a little backstory of some of these things and how they work. So, for example, my agent calls me and offers me 
the possibility, like say, hey, McDonald's wants to wants to try you on a on an audition for their latest campaign. So then that goes through my manager. The manager calls me asking my availability. So given that I bought my studio with one of the first national commercials that I did, it was one of those things where the studio thing paid off because in a moment's notice, you can get a call for a jingle. And as I mentioned before, my best ability is my availability. So whenever I get a call, I always say yes. Like 99.9% .9 of the time I say yes, all the time. Because you never know when that one is gonna hit. And if you're not available for that one time, you feel like you're gonna lose out. So I get a call, I say, yes, I'm available. And back before, you know, COVID and everything, it was a fun journey because I got to get on the train, I get to dress up, I get to meet a new producer, I get to go to a new studio. Just that whole city grind really was invigorating for me being in this industry because it was like, I never knew what was gonna happen, but I know that being a part of it, there was a possibility of something happening. So I audition, I send the files through to whatever producer or composer that I'm working with for any given um, project. And I just wait. Now keep in mind, my life is still going, you know, whether it be changing diapers, being a dad, all these sort of things. And, you know, pursuing my other creative, you know, pursuits with doing the private events and singing on the weekends. So uh, during the week, I was fully able to be a dad and immerse myself into that. And then, you know, out of nowhere, sometimes I'll get a call or I'll see my commercial and I'm like, wait, I did that. And the minute that I see a commercial, I'm like, did I get paid for that? Things really got tricky back in 2008 when the recession hit and my dreams and my ideas that I thought was going to be this industry of working a little bit, getting paid a lot. It was challenged because when the recession hit, a lot of companies got together and essentially, for lack of better words, figured out how to cut out the middleman, so to speak, um, which was the union unfortunately. Now, what used to be a $25,000 job turned into a $2,500 job. So a lot of these companies I felt just got on a, a call and was like, ah, we're hemorrhaging money with all of these residuals and, you know, we can't keep paying this. So let's all collectively get together and screw the singers, which was my vantage point as one of those singers, because that's essentially what it felt like to me as an artist trying to grind and make this his career to know that the money that I used to make instantly turned into a buyout. It really challenged my belief in this industry, in the way that singers are being used nowadays, as well as just you know, the pure integrity of businesses and companies. It's, you know, I remember the days when jingles used to be all the rage. It was like, you know, 
I don't know if I can sing any of this stuff for copyright purposes, but you know the jingles that you sing along to after you see the commercial and you're like, yeah, that song stuck in my head. And hey, I think I want to eat that particular, you know, food because the jingle is stuck in my head. Well, I wanted to be one of those people and I became that. So over a series of successes and, and things that I felt that really kind of opened my life up, when I had Geo, the singing element, whether it be DNA or otherwise, definitely permeated in him where he was actually singing. So as he's growing up, you know, I'm having him on my lap while we're doing, while I'm doing a session. I've even taken him to some of the sessions when he was old enough, obviously, after like five or six, I used to take him to the sessions with me. So he can see the ins and outs of it. So he can also be invested in what his dad is interested in and what his career is. So a lot of those moments were really, really cool. And then around the house, I'm always singing, you know, and here in New York, living in an apartment, you know, you can't help but be heard. It's not like I have an isolation booth or anything like that. So he would always hear my voice and he would always hear and see what was going on. But he understood the assignment from the standpoint he was always quiet and he still is to this day. Dado, you doing a session? Okay, great. I'm going to close my door. Uh, let me know when you're done. But here late, recently, I was having a really bad vocal day <laughs> and I brought him in on a session because there were high notes I, that I couldn't hit that I would normally be able to because I'm just coming off of a weekend of screaming my head off, motivating people for a high-end wedding. So I had Gio sing the part. And because it was a group session, only thing was really needed was the element of a high voice. Now granted, Gio has a great voice, but I didn't want it to sound like a child. I wanted it to be more of a female. So the producer I was working with was one that I work with all the time, which is a beautiful thing. And I can remember when I, I sent him my stems or my vocal takes, I said, hey man, I had to call an audible on this session because I had to have my son on there. He responded back after he mixed it. He's like, yo, Chaz, that was amazing. Your son sounds incredible it mixes so well and all this sort of stuff. And I'm just like, thank you. So it was like my first time doing a vocal session with my son. So that was a really, really cool thing. So all this to say, mixing my jingle life and my personal life and having those worlds collide is a beautiful thing. And I don't know what the future holds for Gio. I hope that, you know, he does whatever he wants to, that he loves. But, you know, selfishly, I kind of want him to sing a little bit. Uh, not as a career, but as something he can have in his back pocket. So I've been asked this several times, but people would ask me, what is your favorite jingle that you've done? What was the most important one? And I wrap it all up into this one session. And that session was my very first one. It was my favorite because of the context and the time in my life that it happened. I got called for a session. I was new. I believe it was one of my first sessions. This was a time when I was going to the city. 
Um, so I was on Google Maps and trying to figure out where this was and I'm new to New York. So I'm like traversing through the city and uh, I end up singing. And at this time, I was struggling. I was calling my mom and calling my family, not for money, but just for emotional support because they really couldn't provide the financial support, which is okay. I find some level of pride doing it on my own for some weird reason. But anyway, so I get this call for the session. I did the session, came back home, and I needed some family love. So I went back home. My mom always worried about me. She's like, baby, you can always come back home for a safe government job. You know, I know it's tough out there. I'm like, no, nah, mm -mm, I got this. And although, you know, I had my moments of, of doubt that if I could even be in this industry, I felt that I could. So I got back home from that vacation. I had mail that had been dropped on the floor through the door slot uh, of my building. So all the tenants were just kind of feasting for themselves to get their own mail. I got my first piece of mail and my first check that I was not counting on because at that time, my manager, they didn't, no one ever says, hey, you landed the spot, congratulations. Because life is still moving on. They're still booking, they're still going, but you know, business as usual. So this particular announcement slipped through the cracks. I look at the check. At this time, I had $14 in my bank account. I'll never forget it. I still have the receipt. Haven't framed it yet though. So I'm looking at this check and it's for over $6,000. <laughs> to say that I cried, it's an understatement. I was a puddle and the jingle that was landed was the song originally recorded by Hot Chocolate. The name of the song, I Believe in Miracles. Can't make it up. So during that time of my dire need of, you know, having money and just trying to find my way in this jingle world, I got a miracle. There it is. So <laughs> thank you so much for once again, joining me in my living room for this podcast. Uh, this was a really fun and therapeutic uh, podcast for me because I get to dig back into the times that were really, really important for me and also where I am right now and today. Um, if you enjoy this content, please share with a friend. If you know any singers out there that are inspired to do jingles and stuff, have them reach out. You know, I can give some tips and pointers. But uh, until next time, I'll see you on the next one. Have a wonderful day.